You're listening to a curated podcast from the Beyond Infinity radio program broadcast live on Tuesdays from 11am from our Mornington studios in Victoria, Australia. Listen live on 98.7 or 98.3 FM or stream live from rwpfm.com.au. Presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. And let's get into our science and technology news for the week. If you're heading to Japan, you've booked an Airbnb, you might want to check your booking because the laws over in Japan have changed and they're now requiring Airbnbers to be registered with the government and to only be rented for a maximum of 180 days per year. Mm -hmm. So this has meant that a whole lot of bookings have been cancelled. More than 62,000 Japanese listings seen as recently as this autumn have dwindled to just 13,800 due to an amendment in Japan's Hotels and Inns Act. It's protecting the local hotel industry and it's also protecting local people who want to rent on a full-time basis who find themselves squeezed out by people who see it as more lucrative to Mm -hmm. rent on a short-term basis to, to Tourists and the like. Similar things have been happening in Paris, where they're introducing restrictions and a registration requirement. I think it's a 120-day rental limit is going to be imposed in Paris. We have got a podcast sort of along the lines of this story, backlash to the sharing economy mm-hmm. on our website beyondinfinity.com. I've always found it amusing that they call it the sharing economy because at the end of the day, the internet has provided a better and more efficient way to rent your house mm-hmm. on a short-term or a long-term basis. And similar with taxis with Uber and stuff, it's it's hardly kind of sharing. It's just it's just, just another an way. way to just another. I mean, do you call a taxi driver someone sharing their car with yeah. you or sharing their service? Yeah. Not really. They're doing a service for you. But even so, down here on the peninsula, there's new regulations and, and rules, which uh, I, I'm not sure if they've started yet, but I know there's lots of discussion about it. And that is registering if you are an Airbnb or sharing an accommodation from your property. Mm. And then actually making sure that between certain hours, say, for example, after 10 p.m., before 8 a.m., seven days a week, visitors aren't allowed out the front. Yep. Uh, they're not allowed to make too much noise because it's, it's just apparently it's just getting too out of hand down here. There's yeah. certain party houses down here which have, have been bad for the reputation of Airbnbs generally. I think if the landlords do their side of things properly and they and they check people out and they suss them out, maybe they rent more to families mm-hmm. than they do with young kids, mm-hmm. then for their own benefit as well, their house is less likely to get trashed and they're less likely to um, annoy their neighbours. Yeah. One of the changes that's been uh, brought in on the Mornington Peninsula, just south of Melbourne where we broadcast from, is that the landlord is now responsible for if they there's uh, complaints from neighbours and yes. noise and bad behaviour, that sort of thing, then uh, the landlord's actually responsible for vetting those people and he could be held responsible for those complaints. If you've got an iPhone and you're struggling with that perennial issue of storage, we're snap happy with, with our smartphones these days. Storage can be an issue. You either use the cloud or you run out of space potentially. There are some cheap alternatives out there. There's a little micro SD and SD card slot. It's about the size of a USB stick and it goes in the bottom of your lightning jack on your phone. It costs as little as $13 on uh, I think on Amazon, it has a little app that it runs with, allows you to manage your photos and other stuff you might want to back up, and you can just uh, control that and put it onto a, a micro SD card or a standard USB or SD card. It also works with Android. You don't need an app on Android. You can actually just do it with the file manager, I think, on Android. Yeah. yeah if you're keeping your photos in your phone then that's uh, and haven't stored them anywhere else, that's a major problem because I have heard and seen many stories online of people saying, I lost my phone, I damaged it, it was stolen, for 
example. Oh, just and lost several years yeah, of, several of, years of photos. memories. All yeah. gone. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So it does pay to back up however you do it, but it is getting a bit cheaper to use things like SD cards to back up an iPhone. Android phones, as, as people will know, have, um, have had SD card, micro SD slots for a long time. And finally, for me, before I hand over to John, the Juno mission out at Jupiter, it's in orbit, doing amazing study of the cloud tops of the gas giant, really focused on the planet rather than its moons. It had a problem with valves of its engine. Its initial orbit was a 53-day orbit. That was supposed to be refined to a 14-day orbit, which would have obviously allowed a lot more close flybys Mm -hmm. of the gas giant. They weren't sure about possible issues with the valves controlling the the spacecraft's fuel system, so they never went into that refined 14-day orbit. They're still in a 53-day orbit. Over time, they have fewer close flybys, so less data. They've just recently announced a three and a half year extension to the orbits, which will stay at 53 days, mm-hmm. but have that extra time to, to meet their science objectives. Yeah, right. So really good news there. Just quoting from Scott Bolton, who's the principal investigator of the Juno mission from Southwest Research Institute in San Antonio, Texas. He said, these orbits allow us to further explore the far reaches of the Jovian magnetosphere, the region of space dominated by Jupiter's magnetic field, including the magnetotail, the southern magnetosphere, and the magnetospheric boundary region called the magnetopause. We've also found Jupiter's radiation environment in this orbit to be less extreme than expected, which has been beneficial to not only our spacecraft, but our instruments and the continued quality of science data collected. So good news there for the Juno mission. Mm. John, what have you got for us? Well, uh, the NBN is certainly progressing through its rollout around the country, and you might be in a fortunate position to have a fiber to the premise or FTTP, which is the sort of the gold standard that everyone really aspires to. Yep. Um, or you may be stuck in a maybe a satellite area or a wireless zone. Unfortunately, for a couple living less than 100 kilometres from Melbourne, and that's uh, they're living in Jamjirup, uh, Jamjirup, which is southeast of Melbourne, sort of on your way around sort of Western Port on the way down to Phillip Island, it's that area. They are in a wireless zone. That means that they've got suboptimal NBN service. They have asked NBN to upgrade the technology to the full fibre optic. However, for a seven kilometre run to the nearest connection, they would be charged anywhere between 800000 and $1.2 million right, just wow. for them. Now, NBN have basically said, look, it just doesn't make economical sense to um, just do it for this one address. They've obviously made their decision some time ago on where they're going to run their lines. We've got this multi-technology mix all around the country. Mm. I can see if it's not already happening today on real estate sites, there will be sort of a speed link, you know, how much is your download, right. what type of technology it is, because yep. it would be great to live in the sort of rural area, but you also need connectivity and mm. unfortunately with to the wireless or the satellite service there can be a lag and they can be much slower speeds not getting the sort of FTTP or even to a lesser extent the FTTN the, the node network mm. not sort of getting in, in the area there so an expensive endeavour if you choose to go down that path now mm. we talk a lot about hacking and security passwords is one of the key things to protect your accounts now if you happen to have a very weak password look we've said time and time again you know to fix that <laughs> and uh, rectify it you might think oh well i've got a fairly easy password to remember but you actually might be sharing that password with, with many many other people mm. some research was done by haveibeenpwned.com and basically yeah, that's a, a website, website yeah. yeah what they do is that whenever there's a database breach if there's data that, that ends up on the, the dark web then they can grab that information and then they can email you out and actually say look you've been hacked uh, yeah. or at least your details have been compromised yep. and that information has been publicly available you know, for you to log in and just see, you know, am I on any of these lists? What they've done is they've now published the 
top 100 passwords that people use. Yeah. Some of these are really scary. 20,760,336 people have used the password 123456. <laughs> that was, you know, really basic password now this this site has you know many millions of username and password credentials but other passwords such as one two three four five six seven eight nine yeah. qwerty password one 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 abc one two three password one one two three four five six seven one two three four five so all of those basic ones they're very common unfortunately and it's very sad and scary mm. that means that if you happen to use any one of those or a combination of those then you have a higher likelihood of getting hacked your account compromised so the recommendation is go and change it straight away (laughs) so if you want to see that list we will post a link on Mm. our show notes there Mm. are more than a hundred realistically if you're using something that's coming out of a dictionary or a very simple basic word or a sort of a key combination that anyone can guess that is a major problem make sure you're using something that is difficult to guess and a password manager is also I think if you get hacked if your credit card details get stolen the bank finds out that you've used something like quadruple one or whatever as your password they can actually legally refuse to give you any kind of compensation. Yeah, look, obviously another way to do it is having a second factor authorization. Yes, so an SMS text or a rolling yep. code on your phone, something like Which that. Which we talked about yeah, before. Yeah, There's yeah, plenty yeah. of stuff on our website. Just finally from me, just sort of on the topic of sort of hackings, there has been a, quite a major breach which has occurred by PageUp. Now this is a, a global platform. It boasts over 2 million active users across 190 countries, including Australia. And, and that includes companies such as Telstra, NAB, Coles, Australia Post, Aldi, and Medibank. What this service does is provide some uh, human resources uh, services that could be the likes of if you are applying for a job at any of these sites, Target, Telstra, Reserve Bank of Australia, Officeworks, Kmart. So if you've applied for a job there, you would have had to have submitted certain information and that would be emails, passwords, and maybe even more things such as phone number, your address, potentially a tax file number or, or other information which is sensitive Hmm. and it has been exposed that criminals have taken this data or there's been a data breach and based on the Australian government ruling that all breaches be published that's what Australia Post had come out and said yes this has happened Hmm. Uh, not all other companies have come forward and said that but page up multiple big company clients yeah so this doesn't affect you if you're let's say you're a Coles customer for example and you go on to you know log into their website and buy product if you're just a, a regular shopper it's if you've applied for a job or if you happen to work for any of these companies and then have your data on you know this via this page up system so affected users should be contacted by these services but it does appear that a number of these big companies will are ending their agreement or at least halting even some interview processes via this system so if you had applied for a job it might be on hold at this stage in case that your data has been compromised so we'll look we'll follow the story and if we know any more we'll certainly keep you updated Thanks for listening. And head to beyondinfinity.com.au for the best bits from the live show or to connect with us on social media. We welcome your feedback and suggestions for future shows.